Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Bijou Podcasts. This is Episode 5 of The Stacey June Show. And joining me is the wonderful Emmy Lou McCarthy. I'm Stacey Jean. Hello. I want to help you find your inner spark. And I promise you, this podcast is going to be so much more than a motivational meme. By sharing the teachings and lessons I've learned on my path to spiritual and personal growth, you too can connect with your true self and become the most honest, worthy and powerful version of yourself you can be. This podcast is going to be about connecting with others and reconnecting you with yourself, learning to enjoy the good stuff in the moment, the lessons in the hard stuff, which is often where they live, and to always find the funny in the fucked. Guys, welcome to episode five. I am so, so pleasantly surprised with how this week's episode played out, to be honest. I had Emmy Lou uh, on my on my guest list, I guess, or my hit list of people that I wanted to chat to. But this conversation happened really quickly. Uh, we contacted her um, with absolutely, really not a lot of notice because she was in town and it just, I don't know, everything just seemed to fall into place. So I'm so thrilled that this chat wasn't only um, meant to be, but it was also such a ripper. It was a really great um, conversation, which I'll get to in a second. I'm wondering whether I sound a bit nasal today. I've just woken up. Um, I hadn't done this intro actually, and this is something that I needed to do on this particular in this particular time bracket. Um, and I I just forgot this week. I just completely forgot to do to do the intro and which is fine. It just means that I'm awake. I haven't done my yoga or meditation. I haven't done any of the things that I like to do before I even remotely go near technology. And I just think that that's the way it is. And I I wanted to share because I know on this show, we talk so much about being in routines and doing, doing things a certain way and making sure that we're on top of ourselves and all those types of things, but shit happens and life goes on and it's not going, I I think it's really important to have that agility and that flexibility as well, particularly if you're a parent or someone that has things in their life that, you know, a job potentially that uh, is really quite, I don't know, it's, you can't, you're never going to really know what what kind of schedule you're going to have. So I think I will, um, I'll do some work now this morning and then I'll go back in and, and have a, have a crack at some yoga and, and do my, my kind of morning, morning ritual, I guess, that I've ended up 
starting for myself for 2019. Um, and if I don't get to all of it, then that's okay. Maybe I'll pick some of it up at night time, or maybe I'll just do it, do the whole slab tomorrow. Uh, it's important if we are trying to start to learn to meditate, or you are thinking about doing something in the morning that sets you up for the day, and that could be a whole myriad of things. Uh, it's really important to keep that flexibility because I think then what can happen if we, if we get pissed at ourselves for now then not doing the thing that is supposed to give us that peace and give us some sense of um I don't know some sense of calm and then we find that that thing is also holding us accountable and we need to be I mean it will hold you accountable but it's kind of something that's that's staring at you in the face of making you feel like shit if you haven't done it from a to z the exact way that you plan to do it then that's really not it's not serving its purpose either so just be sure of that and 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 be and watch yourself with that with the gym with different things that you do for me time in inverted commas because as much as I think it's really nice and so incredible for you to find discipline for yourself in that in those in those particular times and discipline for yourself on anything that is good for you it shouldn't have this it should have the same amount of flexibility that other things in your life have and I think sometimes we need to be able to get things on a good path, which is why I do encourage that you have 30-day challenges or you do those types of things to be able to set good routines up in place. I do still believe in that. But I think like this morning, I got up, I forgot to do something. It's not a big deal. But I did have a thought where I'm like, uh, but I, I have to do like, what? And then I went, I'll just do it later. It's okay. And if it doesn't all end up happening today, that's okay too. So it's okay if you are falling short here and there uh, when it comes to things that you'd like to do for yourself and that's your me stuff included, be kind to yourself. That that rule doesn't, doesn't go away when it comes to mindfulness or me time or doing something good for yourself. Um, so let me talk a little bit about Emmy Lou and and how I came into contact with her. She was uh, on a panel in, at a Business Chicks event in Sydney uh, last year, their Nine to Thrive event, uh, which I went to um, as a guest, which was very kind of the Business Chicks ladies and went along and yeah, just hadn't been to an event like that before. Uh, there were so many women there. It was kind of nice actually because knowing the audience that um, I've spoken to for a long time and having them kind of put together in different age brackets and, and on a probably a bigger volume, I would say, um, of people and the event was quite big. It was really, it was just such a great energy. And so, but then, you know, there are a lot of people that were on stage and, and speaking that I had been you know, that I'd been in contact with before, potentially I'd even interviewed before. Most of them I had, to be honest. Um, and most of them you would have known the names of who they were. Emmy Lou was not one of those people. Uh, she was on the social media, or I think it was like the online panel. And she came on and everyone has to do this awkward, weird dance. I kind of love it because I love dancing, but I can get that it's kind of a bit whatever for people. And you walk on, there's all different music, but I think it's awesome. And she just rocked it from the second she was on stage. I don't know if even the word owning the stage is worth 
it's not the same for her. She has a presence and a groundingness of who she is when she hits the stage. There's no bravado. She is putting a, a work version and a professional version of herself, but she brings herself. And I think you'll get that in this chat. Emmylou McCarthy is the real deal, as I say to her towards the end. She's a presenter, a host, and an executive producer. And she wasn't those things many moons ago. She wanted to be a presenter, which allowed her to be a host and an executive producer on the road to get there. She has an incredible online tribe. You can follow her at Emmy Lou Loves on Instagram. And there is no one in this country doing stories on Instagram like her. It is so different that at the beginning of me following her after this event, I actually said to a few friends, you need to follow this chick. I'm so sh- I'm not shocked at the content as such, but I can't stop watching. It was like it was like a reality show, but in the best possible way. It wasn't the Truman show where it's all kind of fake and weird. It was her life. She's a mum of three. She co-parents with uh, a partner that she talks about is a complicated relationship. They live in the same house, separate ha- separate rooms. And it's it, she shows it all. And I, I, I think the biggest question I had for her was who films her the entire time? Because the, a lot of the time she's not in selfie mode. So look, there is a lot more to her than some of the things I've just said, but I do want to keep them to the interview. She started a movement at, which is called Confidence is Contagious. You can check out her Instagram feed and see exactly um, exactly how she's done that. And she has an overall vibe that is catching, it's inclusive, it's powerful, and it's vulnerable. And I just think she is divine. And I'm not even going to say she's going to be huge because she is in her own right. And whichever way she wants to take this path, she's going to take it, she's going to drive it, and she's going to do it in her style. I hope you like this chat. I walked away being even more impressed than I already was. It was a breath of fresh air. I hope to keep in contact with Emmy. I think I think there's just, you know, there's really a, a funny a funny time in this industry, particularly where I live. She's from Melbourne. I'm in Sydney, but you know, there's it often feels like it is a bit of a, a fake business that you know you can be friends with people at an event or a PR event and you sit down next to someone and it's all really nice. I'm sure it's the same in different industries. And then you walk away and I don't know, it just doesn't feel that real. The thing about social media, as much as it has its pros and we are all addicted, is that it invites you into the home of someone that is real and then they end up at these events and they are as real as you saw them online. And there's something really exciting and lovely about that prospect. And I'm very grateful that Emmy found herself in my house uh, one afternoon very randomly and um, and we had a really, really great chat. I hope you enjoyed this chat. Thank you for, for listening. If you have come from Emmy Lou's tribe, um, I hope you enjoy some of the other episodes. If you enjoy this one, uh, welcome. But for those of you that have stuck with me uh, through the beginnings of this brand new show, thank you and, um, and enjoy Emmy Lou McCarthy. Films your videos <laughs> because just before we get right to the bottom of it, if you are unfamiliar with Emmy Lou, you will be very familiar with her after this. And it is 
I don't know, it's like transcendental meditation in your videos. You can't look away. But yet I said to my friend when I got hooked to you at Christmas, I saw you at a Business Chicks event and started following you and went, I've never witnessed anyone like this. Really? I just thought you were so unique and so uplifting in such a real way, not in this, hello, everything's a cheerleader moment. But then I said to her, you've got to follow this chick. And then I said... Who the fuck is filming her? All this? Does she actually have someone follow her around? <laughs> that is the dream. So that's the dream <laughs> in, in the end. Uh, that's the end goal. But for now, uh, it's been uh, Aaron, uh, the children's father. Yeah. It's the children as yeah, well. Right. So Sage, my oldest son, he's eight. He yeah. films me. So when when it's a little lower down, you'll notice. <laughs> and, and, and you'll hear me say really candidly, hey, Sage, you hold it up a little higher. Yeah. Um, and then it's actually strangers on the street and stuff. Really? Yeah. So when I'm traveling and I don't have anyone, I will just um you know like ask the uber driver you know like i always, i'm very cautious and and um you know i, I i'm aware of time and, yeah, and people, yeah. what people are doing so i don't yeah. just ask someone who's in a rush yeah yeah but if you know someone is on um on a holiday and i can see they're a tourist and you know hey it's a great story for them and and i just say hey can you just film me for for a minute yeah and they just film and they get really shocked and i say just follow me just look through the screen and follow that's all i tell them yeah and i will speak for 30 seconds 15 seconds 60 seconds that's it and i've just grabbed my phone thank you so much and off i go so it's a, so you've basically got a public crew yeah so you have a crew team you've 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 basically manifested a crew in everyday people. Yeah, and then is staff in shops, provided they're not busy, I always ask if they mind. You know, uh-huh. like I'm, I'm quite respectful in that sense. Uh-huh. Um, but then, yeah, I'll just say, hey, can you know, can you film me for a second? Even across from the counter, uh, can you just film me for a second? I just want to say something about this. And, and they, they're very unsure of what you're asking them to do. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I already have it on record. Like, you know, I already press record as yeah, well right. for them sometimes. I'm like, yeah. just hold it up for me. Yeah, I'll do the rest. Yeah. And then I speak. And my whole... Sorry about the background noise, everybody. (laughs) We've got the window open. It's been a heat wave in Sydney and I refuse to close it. (laughs) I like it though. It's the sounds of Sydney. And it's from my home. So it is what it is. Uh, And, and, you know, they're they're not quite sure what they're getting themselves into. But uh, my whole thing as well, I like to say things in one take. I like to say how, how it is super quickly and it's done. So, and in those moments, you've got to be camera ready ready to go every single time which is I think anybody that's in the industry anybody that does any form of presenting is not an easy feat you know I think a lot of people think that you kind of switch on but your style and the way you discuss a lot of the things that are in your day-to-day is very much in a presenter style yes so it's not just you've got yourself and you've got yourself with no makeup when you can't sleep at 12 a.m and then you've got yourself okay guys i want to take you through this cheese at the south melbourne market and you're properly doing it like i'm watching a postcard segment exactly what where have where did was it kind of like these are the types of things i want to do i'm going to start doing them or was it that you wanted to practice once you decided you wanted to be in media like how did you kind of decide that you would start to I guess do your stories that way and how do you decide to do it that way versus the more natural Emmy Lou? Well I, I had never seen stories before uh, and then I just did one so I, I, I met a, a gorgeous lady called Angela Sobrano at a networking night mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I said I want to be a TV presenter mm-hmm. I don't know where to start and she's like you should do Insta stories and I was like oh what's that? Uh, had and you had an Instagram account at that point? I had an Instagram account I'd always put pictures up yeah. I'd seen stories I'd seen the little dots never yeah. watched one never clicked on one yeah, and right. they'd been around for ages yeah. so I clicked on hers because she told me and I was like oh so you're just talking to the camera 
I thought, okay. And so it was the very next day. I thought, right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going, and I'm a very, you, you've seen me on my stories. I like, everything has to be a practical way of doing it. Yes. You know? so yeah. I'm going to be a TV presenter. I want to show people how to do that. What's the best practical way to do that? And I was obviously really naive back then. And I thought, well, if I walk into an audition, what are, what are my strengths? And I want to say, I can do anything that you want me to do in one take. For some reason, I thought, God, people would have budgets. They would have time frames. That can be my thing. And so I went on stories the next day and thought everything's going to be in one take. And and that's how it started. So I had to present, you know, because right. I wanted to showcase my presenting skills and I wanted to show it that I could be in the moment without a care in the world about a camera, about someone passing me by, a heckler, you know, if the cheese drops off and falls on my... I'll be able to do yeah, it. And so yeah, that's yeah. that's how that so style fly. started. You fly yeah. as you go. Yeah. How fascinating. So back to... Okay, so I've got a few questions. Back to where you had a transition moment from. So you're a stylist, a makeup artist by trade, I like and to say. And a beauty therapist, And yeah. a beauty therapist. Mm. And you are a mum of three kids. Mm-hmm. And you get to this transition point. I want to know where... Was there a, po- a point? And I don't want to actually, I don't know, take away... I suppose the, um, the, the, I guess the enormity of how it's probably not a point and there's a, a lot of moments that go into these types of moves. But was there a particular time in your life, whether it was a year or a month, where you transitioned? There's something shifted in you where you were like, okay, I'm going to move from this to this or was this always a part of the plan? So TV presenting, uh, actually... Back as a kid, acting, singing, dancing was always a dream, yeah. and, and I always pursued those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, you know, life takes on, you party, you mm. lose focus, mm. you don't have the determination. Mm. Uh, and then and then children came along, uh, and, and that's when I realised, you know, I want to go back into the workforce. And I always wanted TV presenting, I always tried to get there, but didn't know how. Like, how yeah. does this country girl, like, if you know nothing about media, it seems like that's only in a TV screen. Yeah, and if you don't, you don't, because I didn't even, I was the same, I didn't have a family friend that was on the, yes, I didn't, yeah. uh, on the radio or someone, uncle's friend works no on TV. No one to no yeah. one. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. And you also think that that then means it's for a certain kind of person. Exactly, yeah. that knows somebody or, yeah. or something like that. And so uh, it was when I decided to go back into the workplace after having the three kids I, I went and just worked at Gorman like I, I you know as a retail like just as a shop assistant from there it was I think two weeks uh working and working in the fitting rooms thinking god I should do styling yeah. because I, I love styling these women and I can speak and you know it's great yeah so I went and did a stylist course literally that day I finished the styling course I was like I want to create a video and <laughs> Me being me, thought I'll pitch Fashion Week and I'll do these videos and I want to be live on stage, styling people on stage. And I could just see it. And again, that love of entertainment and live and, and all that kind of stuff came into it. But also that clear visualisation. Exactly. Like you started to see pictures, not just Oh, and that's how words. I very much work is yeah. I see a picture, I, I can I can create an event in my head and then it just comes. And you feel it. it feel, exactly. Yeah. And I feel... More importantly, I feel what I want everyone to walk away feeling. That's that's the thing that really drives me. So okay. any of my events. And that's a really good point, I think, to note because I think mm. I, I get a lot of questions on how to begin manifestation or how do you start, and that's a really great tip. I think when you start to think, you've got to firstly allow yourself to dream mm-hmm. and then feel the feeling you want others to walk away with when you're in it. I love yeah, that. Yeah, okay. or, or yeah. how you want to walk away as well, yeah. depending on you know what industry you're in. Yeah. So within two weeks of finishing that styling course, 
course I hired a videographer and you know I didn't go all out I didn't hire a big production company it was someone you know just come out of uni mm -hmm. didn't understand his skill set and nor would I even know it because I didn't know the industry and you went online and looked for ways to find yeah, yeah yeah I actually just asked a friend who was a TV presenter so again okay, yeah. they were like right up there and I thought I thought well I'm not gonna ask them how do I get into TV presenting I'm just yeah. gonna ask for some you know hey do you know a cameraman yeah uh, you know because you you've got to understand where you're at in that transition yeah. I think I'm very cautious and I'm very aware of not asking people for help until I'm at that point where they can genuinely help me there is no point asking someone who has a full-time job at channel 10 uh, hey can you get me on your TV show if you have absolutely nothing behind you yeah. uh, it's not fair on them yeah. and, and you're not going to get anything but yeah. if you say hey do you know someone a cameraman that works freelance that's a valid question that right. they can help you with and it's realistic it is yeah. realistic yeah and so that cameraman came on board um, and you know, he didn't know anything about me, and I just said, "Hey, we're going to go into Chadston. We're going to film this." Blah, blah. And he's like, "Okay, all right." <laughs> and then we filmed, uh, you know, two of these kind of fashion styling videos that I went and tried to pitch Fashion Week, which didn't go anywhere. Yeah. But soon as it was over, firstly he said, "Oh wow, how long have you been doing this for?" And I said, "Oh, I've never done this before." He was really quite surprised, yeah. and I was just alive. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if it was good or if it was bad. All I knew was, wow, I loved that. And for yeah. some reason, I know exactly what to do in this situation. Yeah, right. And so then that's that's where the hashtag Logies2018 uh, came. And that was back in 2016. So then wrote on a, bit, on a piece <clears throat> of paper, 2018 Logies. And that's how the dream kind of started. And so for those that are not familiar with the Logies dream... <laughs> It, take us through, I suppose, okay, so I want to be on the Logies red carpet. Yes. What are the steps and the reality for that to actually eventuate for someone that had barely presented, that yeah. didn't, as you say, know many people in the industry and finds himself looking at the logistics of the whole thing, not to mention being getting in? Well, well, that, that's just it. You know, it was written on, on the back of, a, of an envelope and I hashtagged it purely because I... I didn't know. I wanted to work backwards from it. So okay. I might be serving the drinks. I might be on right, television. So you just want to be there. I wanted to be at the okay, Logies 2018. Right. And what yeah. that symbolized to me was that I had done everything I could to be in the media. Yeah. Whether it's having a backseat, like a work experience type of role or... I wasn't sure because yeah. I still didn't know what industry I was trying to get into. Yeah, but all right. I knew was that's a really great mark. And... and it's a benchmark, but it's two years away. Yeah. A lot can happen, and yeah. a lot did happen yeah, right. in that time. <laughs> and so what was the – so what did happen? So And then how did you go from thinking I might serve Carrie Bickmore um, her main <laughs> meal versus I'm going to get dressed up and actually stand on the red carpet? Uh, I, I guess, you know, it – it started with a live event, so I thought, what what can I do here? How mm -hmm. can I showcase what I can do? Mm -hmm. And um, I'm always really great at, at events. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have a background in them, but I can throw a really good mm -hmm. party. And you I bring thought, people right. together. Exactly. Yeah. So I threw this social media party. I, I marketed it in that way called Dotcom Social, where mm -hmm. I had three people um, on stage who had a really great, strong social media following. And mm -hmm. we talk social media because remember two years ago, people, yeah. they still want to know, but two years ago, mums, small businesses, they want to know. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, that event sold out. Uh, now, I made sure that I had the film crew there to film it all. Yeah. And then that became the pilot for the TV show, Dotcom Social, which is a community television show. Yeah, 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 so yeah. that's how the TV producing, presenting, started to actually get legs and yeah. I actually 
instead of saying, hey, I want to be, I want to be a TV presenter, I could actually start to say, I am a TV mm. presenter. Mm. And that took a good year for me to change that language. Mm. And, and, you know, I've still got a long way to go, but then that people started to take notice because mm. I was developing the skills that were required that made me okay to be on the red carpet. And how important do you think language is in, in those processes? So say somebody is looking at changing careers, someone's feeling really lost in their 20s as to what they want to do, or maybe there's people that know what they want to do but are too scared to go for it. How important do you think language is in that process? Oh, it, it's hugely important, whether it's the language you're speaking vocally, actually speaking out to people, or whether it's the inner dialogue that you have with yourself, it's really important uh, to understand where you're at and where you want to go. And when when is that point that you change it up and go, hey, I'm getting there now, you know, and changing it from, hey, I, I want to be a TV presenter. Yeah. When do you change that? Can't change it too early because mm. you do need to be realistic. But at that same point, you do have the confidence to go, yeah, no, I'm there now. Mm. Uh, so I think it plays a huge part in how you smash out your goals. Mm. And so tell us through your, um, talk us through your life, your life, right? So you've got three kids, you live with the kid's dad, A-Love, as everybody knows, yeah. you're a follower in Emily Lou Tribes, <laughs> uh, subscriber, and and th- you're pretty open about the fact that you have separate bedrooms, mm-hmm. you have a, a, a like an ebbs and, your relationship goes in ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. I, I'm fascinated by that. I, I do have um, a couple of people in my life that are trialling, one of them are trialling a separate bedroom situation. Mm. And it was before I got with my partner, I thought, I reckon I'd be open to that if, if time permitted or, or what whatever was the situation. I think it's different with kids. But mm. um, but how has your relationship evolved and, and how have you managed to keep it, I suppose, authentic and real for what works with you and not with what works with external uh, pressure or external boxes or, or labels? Yeah, it's it's not easy. I'll have to say that. it. It's not easy, not as in, I, I don't have a huge amount of problem with, with what everybody else is, is thinking. Mm-hmm. So I'm lucky in that sense. You know, and you've I can, always been like that? Uh, yes, okay. but, it, but in saying that, I've always had the courage to, to you know, push past what, uh, the worry of what other people might, mm-hmm. may think, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that I'm not immune to being hurt and yeah. being, you know, and, and feeling insecure as well at times of what people, what will people mm-hmm. think of me mm-hmm. or us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when, but when it came to your family and I think a lot of people will, will do this, well, if you can focus in on this for a second and think it's your family, no one else knows what's going on behind there. So, mm. you know, when, when those kind of uh, yeah, no the, the outer socials, um, you know, voices start playing or, or their opinions start coming into play, if you can come back to that point of, yeah, you know what, really doesn't matter because you're still not in this home 24-7. You don't know the love that I have for that man mm. or those children or mm. for each other or, or the dreams that we had or we do have. Mm. And so, if you know, I think that's really important. You can always come back to that, always mm. come back to that centre. Uh, in terms of how difficult it's been, it has been difficult, mm. you know, and we, we started to get to a play, place last year where we were like, right, we're, we're going to get through this, we're going to mm. work that out. And then all of a sudden, I guess my profile's grown a bit mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm a bit more stretched, I'm not, mm. as ho- I'm not home as much. Mm. And, you know, things have kind of changed all of mm. a sudden. Uh, and I think one of the key things that I try and do well is not throw it away or not throw it into a box just yet. Not just like, oh, God, it's over. Or, oh, no, you know, I I look at it for what it is. Hey, it's wobbly at the moment. Um, And, you know, I get on my socials and and, and you've seen me. Mm. Hey, guys, I'm not too sure where I'm at. And, you know, I can get kind of a bit choked up at that point Mm. because 
I'm not sure, mm. so I can't talk about it. And I'm also very clear on that as well. Hey, guys, I'm not too sure on what it, what's happening with A-Love and I, so I'm not answering a huge amount of questions about that right now. Mm. And, and you know what? My community really respect that mm. because I have brought them into my home. I have brought them into my relationship, mm. and, and they they you know really enjoy hearing that but they also really enjoy um hearing that hey I don't have it all worked out Mm. so at this moment I can't I can't comment because I don't know what's happening and that's what I spoke to you about before we started recording about how I think incredible it is that you do record the in-between moments Mm. because it is they're the moments that are the quiet the confronting the lonely the scary the sometimes the happiest mm. you know these in between moments where you sit in without the noise of mm. the world you know and i don't i think often people are very frightened of that space mm. and very frightened about transition or not being at the beginning or the end the, the middle part which is the irony of that is is that life kind of is the whole middle part exactly. really but we we wish it away a little bit We do. And, you know, I've always had this theory and I I spoke about it a lot when I first uh, started going on stories and Mm -hmm. first growing the profile is that I believe that we live in this 90% of life. And that 10% is your Instagram post, a Mm. glossy magazine cover. Mm. You know, it's it's that 10% which is beautiful and which should be celebrated. But that 90% of where we live, that's where we really need to firstly not fear it and find joy in that because that is where the hard work and, and, and all the hours are spent. So if we can we can see that and we can celebrate that 90% then all of a sudden we will find joy in it and Mm. then that 90% becomes so productive Mm. you know and and we don't rely on that 10% whether that's it that's an up or a down it it, that's not gonna that's quite clear actually because it's like the 10% is like the cover of the book yeah yeah right and then the in between the book the actual substance of the book is everything else exactly yeah right and if we focus on the 10% all the time like you know that that end game that end goal well what happens if that goal doesn't actually happen for you you know if you've invested everything into that all of a sudden you'll be shattered and I know what that feels like I know what that feels like to be dropped down you know and 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 then the whole world's gone to shit and and you don't have a leg to stand on but if you can look back and go but hey that 90% how much did I learn? How much did I grow? Where can that now take me? Because that 10% didn't work out. Mm. That that one goal mm. didn't happen. And I've had plenty of goals that haven't mm. come into fruition. Uh, that's okay because this 90% gave me so much joy and so much guts. Mm. Now I can take on anything. It's interesting because I think when you strip, you pull the curtain back, the reality of this industry uh, is something that isn't told. And I think a lot of people say, okay, Instagram is, you know, helping everybody figure out the ins and outs. They're not really. And the amount of meetings and pitches you go to that absolutely end up being nothing Mm. is so interesting. Like think about the hours that you've put in to things that really don't come about. Exactly. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I have a pretty strong stance on a lot of pitches and meetings and things mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, which is, well, you know, I don't do, uh, you know, like a lot of sponsored stuff, like, you know, yeah. static posts and things like that. So I've really tried to stay away from that. And that's why I have gone into the business side of things and yeah. having my merchandise. I, and personally, I don't think there's actually anything wrong with sponsored posts. I buy yeah. so much off other yeah. influencers stuff. So I love it. But for me, I don't have that time as a mum of three to go into these pictures and and also because I'm not in a box. So I I found out really quickly that if I wasn't going to be a mummy blogger or 
or a, um, you know a curvy plus size you know mm. pioneer you know all these people mm. just want to put me in this box and I, I couldn't be one because mm. I'm like well I'm just life mm. I'm just showing you my life mm. of conquering a dream so that that's it and and there's not too many pictures out there for me. So I found it kind of easy to, to <laughs> yeah, create yeah. a bit of a pattern. How do I put that. all of this in one image of myself? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so there's not many briefs that come out that kind of require yeah. that. Um, yeah, and so yeah. I've made my own briefs. And then yeah. now what's happening is with the TV show that's coming out, like season three, um, now I can pitch brands that understand that, hey, I want to give my audience something to sink their teeth into. Mm. I can't do a one-off I can't, you know what I mean? Like, it's got to be something that I really enjoy and invest into. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, t- talk to me about your kids. The, <laughs> how are they different, the three of them? What's, what's, their, what's their kind of, I guess, big personality trait that makes them quite unique to them? Wow. Oh, goodness. Okay. So Sage, uh, you know, Sage is a boy for starters and that kind of flips my brain sometimes yeah. because, you know, and, 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 and having Sage, he's my oldest son, he's eight years old, uh, having him has <laughs> reinforced the fact that I still do not, not know men. <laughs> At all. Do you know what I mean? There as an eight year old. Fucking minefield. He's a like walk- I do- he's a walking head fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um and an incredibly good kid, but you know, really quick to anger and fiery. And what he's shown me is uh how I've I've led with some you know, I'm a really fiery person. You guys can tell mm. that, you know, on mm. my stories. I'm so quick to like, hey, stop that, don't mm. do that. You know, I'm mm. everything's sort or, of yeah, 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 and, yeah, and and what that's done is it's mirrored back to me in his behavior so I've had to really take it back a notch and Mm. I'm still taking it back back a notch Mm. and I will be forever trying to rein it back in you know Mm. I I come from a pretty fiery family Mm. and so you know I've had to really learn uh to develop some other parenting skills that's Mm. definitely what Sage has taught me Camellia you know Camellia is my middle child she's six She's my little girl. She is actually just my soul. Like, she is my soul reborn. Do you know what I mean? She's mm-hmm. exactly like me so um, in, in, in the way that she loves and the purity of her heart. Mm-hmm. And, and then we have Vita, who's the baby. She's three. She's divine. Yeah. She's everybody's baby. Do you know she brings us yeah, all together? Yeah, it's yeah. She's all of our favourites. Like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, quite, you know, yeah, crazy yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she... <laughs> Is her own little person who's still finding finding her way, but my goodness, she's finding it very fast. <laughs> and when you say, I'm really fascinated by that as somebody who is in the process of trying to become a mama, mm. I have really had uh, some time, because it is taking a bit of time, to think about what I bring and what I've been taught mm. and what I may need to change or at least need to, I guess, teach myself new ways. What were the biggest challenges, I think, obviously you mentioned that you can be fiery, but what mm. were the challenges, I suppose, that you've had to do, maybe it's not with parenting, but in your life, I call it break the chain, so you've had to kind of shift lessons that you learnt as a kid mm. and cut them off and retrain yourself moving forward. Were there some big ones that were quite hard for you? Yeah, definitely, and I think it still is. So, you know, uh, screaming, a screamy mum. Yeah. And we can all, like, you know, there's a lot of mums out there that can definitely relate to that. And, and where did you learn that? Because I learned my, we yelled in my mm. home. I'm so a yeller, yeah. yeah. So we yeah. we yelled, um, you know, uh, we're just from a <laughs> yelling family. And, you know, m- uh, like my background, my mum is Vietnamese as well, so there's that language and mm. cultural difference mm. as well. Mm. And, um, so is, does that come with some frustration, that extra kind of... 
misunderstood, you know? Yeah, I think it does. As and a culture, I, and even. A culture yeah. coming out from a war, yeah. you know, coming in, you know, it, we lived in a pretty volatile uh, household. Where and, did you, you know, grow up? Uh, NWA, so mm-hmm. um, down south in Bunbury. Yeah, okay, and, yeah. you know, my parents, I mean, my mum my came out, what, four days before the communists took over. And, you know, coming into WA, you know, like Viet- Vietnamese is cool now. Vietnam and being Vietnamese was not cool back then. No one wanted to, you know, no one was going to open up a Vietnamese restaurant or anything like that. So, you know, I think there was that that insecurity, that lack of confidence, uh, being in a new culture as well, but being but being that new culture that no one really wanted Mm. as well. So Mm. I think there was a lot of frustration. And Mum taught herself English, so I I think that's been one of the biggest things to break, you know as a family I think to not yell as much and I'm I work on that every day and I will still I'm still yelling you know like it's not it'll never be perfected but I did go to family counseling for a long time so as babies it was so easy you know I found all of that sort of stuff even the loneliness of being a new Mm mum I could handle Mm -hmm. uh when the kids started to develop personalities and (laughs) become you know people People, with their own right and their own mindset I really struggled with that Mm. um and you know I wanted to kind of not squish it but it's like no you must do what I want to do and and the way that I want to do it and uh you know I'm all about discipline and stuff but there was that point where I realized Jesus this is not healthy and um and that's you know I, I called in support When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And what does family counselling look like? Is it all of you or is it just like a therapy? So for me, it was me and like I would bring the kids. Uh, so right. my so Aaron at the time was working fly in, fly out. So yeah. he would be away for four weeks and at a time. And you guys were in WA then? We were here. Okay, we were right. here, okay. yeah. So uh, he would fly away for four weeks at a time and only be home for five days. Wow. And I had two kids under two. I had just moved back to Melbourne after having a few years back in WA. Mm-hmm. And I had no real friends, no friends mm-hmm. with kids. And mm-hmm. I was just struggling struggling like really struggling and um I I I saw that in myself Mm. you know and so that's that is a common pattern with me that I'm always very proud of if I'm not very good at something I will find the best to teach me how to be better at something so you know I have a background in skydiving you know when I wanted to become really (laughs) good at skydiving I went and hired the world champion to teach me better better skills in skydiving you know and I've always been like that Uh, and and so I I just did the same thing with parenting I got family counselling and you know I had a different type of therapy for my depression because that's separate mm-hmm. but then also counselling for my family stuff and my parenting stuff. When were you first diagnosed with depression? Were you diagnosed or? So I like, I have been diagnosed with depression many times. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah which time lady? <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, I think but before I was diagnosed with depression uh, you know unfortunately well, well, fortunately for me, uh, I, you know, tried to take my own life. Mm-hmm. So we're talking at least 
15, 16 years ago now. Yeah, right. So uh, how old would you have been? I was 23, 24. Had you had the kids then, any of the kids then? Uh, no, no kids. No. So, um, you know, I've only had kids in my 30s. Yeah, right. Sorry. So, yeah. no, no, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like, you know, um, I had been skydiving a lot, partying a lot. A friend of mine had died while we were on a jump together. Oh, and, wow. uh, and she, you know, we weren't even like close, close friends or anything like that, but God, it was so tragic and, and so, and just so, you know, it just really shook me to the core. But what it did do was bring up so much other stuff from your childhood. You know, when you have a trauma mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. all of these other things that you haven't taken care of in your life just blow up and also i think when you haven't taken care of them your coping mechanisms are shot exactly uh and so that you know that event was a huge event in my life so you were so when you said you had someone train you to skydive it became you know like a a hobby hobby like on the reg by yourself oh yeah so even the very first skydive i ever did was on my own so you have two instructors yeah on either side but i went through a full AFF wow. course and, and learnt from the very, and that's 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 what I'm like though so it's I want to learn how to skydive okay and back then it was the yellow pages we didn't yeah, have right. mobile phones like flicking through the yellow pages and I couldn't find skydiving and then um, I realised it took me about a week to realise it was under parachuting it wasn't even under skydiving yeah, right. uh, and so then I you know rang and booked in and, and you know and that's how I that's my process with a lot of things if I don't know it I will go and learn it the right way I, I don't want to do a thrill a, a tandem or a yeah, right. I want to learn it okay. yeah okay so you had a pretty rough time with losing that friend and you I guess had everything hash up how do you make that first call like how do you start to go okay I'm I'm in pretty deep here I, I need a hand uh there was there was no first call at that point right I so mean when... these skill sets that I talk about now being aware and finding supports and props and that's why I so passionately speak yeah. about them on my socials because when you're 23 oh no it just hits you mm. out of nowhere and you can be older and it will hit you mm. out of nowhere as well mm. uh so there was no skill set and that's why it spiraled it spiraled within a weekend and all of a sudden I'm getting you know pulled out of, of a car you know it, it completely passed out from trying to take my life wow. so you know I, so I was, it was fast. oh yeah it was incredibly yeah, and right. I was incredibly lucky it, mm. it was a full um act of fate that saved me that day now that's a that's still you know I got saved that day but it was a huge long road to uh, understanding why that happened when you're mm. 23 you just kind of you know you tell your parents you tell everyone you go to a couple of counseling point, and then that's it Mm. Everyone kind of almost forgets mm. that you just mm. have this massive life-changing mm. moment. Even mm. I forgot. Mm. And then as you get older, these same kind of patterns show up. Mm. And then all of a sudden you start to understand uh, your beast. And I talk about that a lot, um, whether it's your beast, your your monster. What well, It doesn't even have to be a monster. It doesn't have to be anything that's scary. But all of a sudden you start to understand uh the things that you do when you're not feeling maybe mentally as strong as what you normally the are. Cloud. Yeah, you know, and, and the foggy thoughts mm. and, and those sort of things. And and over time, you know, I'm I'm forty this year, so that's that's why I talk about these things mm. because I can say, Hey, get yourself some circuit breakers, get yourself, you know, some supports in place try a billion different things don't feel like you know because one thing has failed for you that you can't go in and try another therapy or Mm. another way of breaking that circuit and breaking that that darkness in your mind I think the hardest thing for me um I've had bouts of depression but nothing that serious but I have had anxiety and extreme anxiety my entire life and Mm. last year in particular I had a rough year and 
panic attacks started to play out in, mm. in a different way to other times. So I was a fainter as a kid, but wow. now they started to... So I will just pass out. But back then, you wouldn't... Mum, they thought I was anorexic or epileptic or, you know, mm. like I was getting all these tests. And now I look back and this poor little girl was just fucking anxious out of her mind, you know, wow. and just blacking out. And then last year it would move to... I just want the world to go away, like to the point in the corner, in a fetal position, you know, just panic, you know, mm. panic, panic, panic. And, and it's funny because you, when you've done this work, you, you learn about the sympathetic nervous system, the parasitic sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight response. Yeah. And you think of the picture of what put me in the corner in a fetal position going, I just want to close my eyes and have a rest. I just mm. need a break. It's the same picture you see on a movie of when there's a killer in the house. You know, it's quite remarkable how quickly you can catastrophize things mm. in a way that is really um, is surprising to even you, you know, when you start to realize those moments. And the thing that I guess I learned that I still find a little bit tricky is that when you do get into these places, the cloudiness, the dark, the monster, as you say, that the things that you know are going to be beneficial for you are the hardest to do. Mm. So are there, there are levels of things that you've taught yourself along these, I guess, um, experiences that you know that's going to be an easy circuit breaker for me or that's going to be something. For me, it was obviously kind of meditation and just really being able to bring myself out of this kind of heightened state and calm myself down. Mm. But in those moments... It's not always easy and I've found there may need to be little smaller circuit breakers in between you getting getting kumbaya in the front room and, you know, and have you found there's different levels? Definitely. And and the circuit breakers, you know, if, if you have not experienced, uh, you know, severe depression or anxiety and then all of a sudden it's hitting you mm. for a six and well, knocking... Or you can have experienced it and then get it in a different a, a, form. Yeah, yeah, you know, because an event's brought it on yeah. or a trauma or something's yeah. brought it on and then all of a sudden you're out of practice. You mm. know, you, you don't have any skills mm. to, to prop yourself up and so that's why I, I talk about really simple ones, mm. whether it's eating something sweet, whether mm. it's just going for a walk on, on the beach, uh, whether it's watching a movie, having a cry in the shower, you know, and then you've got your meditation and your yoga yeah. and your cups As of tea. A and step and two kind of Exactly. Vibe, yeah. But for me sometimes, you know, we're talking real dire yeah. straits. We need yeah. something right now. And yeah. the reason why I say something sweet is just to kind of lift you up and get you out. Yeah. That is not going to, you know, have any long-term um, – you need other stuff. There's not going to have any longevity to yeah. helping your mind get right. Yeah. But at the same time, that might just get enough to get you out the door for your walk, mm. enough to get you on the phone to call somebody. Mm. Um, a hot shower might be enough to cry it out so mm. that you are so mentally and physically tired from crying, you know, and that's not a bad thing. And then your body will do what it needs to do, which mm. is rest. Mm. And and so those are those really tiny circuit breakers mm. I always like to focus on because those are the ones that have gotten me out mm. of those really dark, dark moments. And thank you for sharing those. I think it is really important because I think often, like we were saying earlier, there's lots of tips and lots of different things that I still think professionals and, and lots of people that talk publicly are about these bigger activities 
that you do but when you're in those dark moments it it is really about those very small achievable things to just have a point of movement exactly because you know i mean and i love that we have so many charities and so many days around mental health and 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 awareness around that but at the end of the day a fucking bandana or a badge isn't going to fucking pull us out if we are right on the on the edge of things do you know what i mean yeah exactly like Like, you know and so those are really important because they give us um you know that the funds to then Mm. you know Mm, spread the support and, and everything so on those days you'll hear me talk about how i'm you know i haven't been okay on not okay day mm. I was like it's been mm. the worst because yeah, yeah yeah because it, it is it's it and 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 trying to really give people that courage to answer the question because now we're asking it we're asking mm. like are you okay yeah. and you know it's it, and it's kind of it's okay but are we still are we answering it now yeah. like and, and letting everyone know that we we need to answer we need to find that tiny little bit of courage and say we're not and asking the question with intent I think it's important too you know the question is can be quite if you're asking somebody that's experienced something pretty rough, that question is can be a quick answer because you're very used to saying, I'm fine. You know, so and inquire. A lot of people are high-functioning too. So, yeah. you know, with depression and anxiety, you know, a lot of the time, it, like me, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. very high-functioning. Like yeah. I can have severe depression and still get on and, yeah. and do the things that I need to do with my day. Yeah. Uh, it's, but, you know, day in, day out, that will... That will crack at some mm, point, mm. Uh, and so we need to make sure that we're getting through to yeah. those high functioning people. It's true. It's true. Um, so, what does your version of self work look like? I mean, I was when I started thinking about doing the show, and I started doing some online courses, and I was like, oh, I know if I want to sit in a self help spot, like I cringed a little bit, mm. and now I'm much more, I guess, proud of having a thought process of. Um, I don't know, sharing things that I wish I had have had someone share to me. But I do think the self-care, self-help stuff can be a little bit preachy. Yeah. Um, but I'd love to humanise it a little bit for our audience and just talk a little bit about what it looks like for everybody because I think it's quite unique. It's mm. not going to necessarily be 20 minutes of meditation every day with, a, you know, it's going to be different. So mm. what is it like for you? What do you keep in check for yourself? And, and you know that if you're ticking that off, as many times a week as you do or many times a month as you do you're you're kind of in a clear headspace oh that's a really good question I guess for me I I really do take each day as it comes Mm -hmm. and and you don't know what has happened a week ago Mm -hmm. that someone has said and it's normally a flippant remark that gets you the most and that can really drive a dagger yeah you know and drive a dagger into your heart so it's I I try to just take each day it comes even with my diary and things now Mm. it's like okay I'm gonna you know look at that obviously there has to be some foresight into long long you didn't book your flight this morning yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but at the same time I think it's really important to check in with yourself every single day and if you're not feeling it that day that is totally fine and and then you can take it piece by piece what are you going to do work backwards from that yeah you know and it's like the Loki's dream I work backwards from this big massive goal all right how are we going to get there just little steps at a time to get there and whether that means um 
having a circuit breaker and mm-hmm. doing the things mm-hmm. if you're really Knowing dark them. or yeah. you're okay today so let's smash out and get yeah. that day done and then you're going to be exhausted by the end of the day how is that going to look for you and what are you going to do mm. uh, to make sure that you rest and you mm. you know get that recharge that you need mm. Mm. so it's like a daily check-in I like that I, 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 for me it has to be you know I have such a little focus for starters <laughs> funnily enough I have a very strong focus I have very yeah. strong purposes and I have you know huge mm. goals and I, I smash them out but it's that's why things are done so quickly. Like, you know, I wanted, to, I wanted to launch a magazine. Well, right, I'm going to launch it in six weeks because that's about as much capacity as i got. I'm not going to spend lose, a year on this, you know. I'll interest after yeah. that. Um, uh, yeah, I love the magazine. We're excited for this potential book as well. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk a bit about Confidence is Contagious and I suppose the thought process around that, the, f- the photographs that it, where it began and, and where you want to take it. Mm, that's a good one. Confidence is Contagious was something that just happened uh, so naturally. It was literally my web designer said, hey, do you want to have a tagline on your website? Um, and I was like, oh, what is that? And she said, oh, well, just one thing that you would want to tell people. And I, What a great web designer. Yeah. Also life coach. Slash I know. And, and I, I just turned around and I was on the phone and it was I didn't even think about it. I said, oh, confidence is contagious. And... That comes from uh, being a kid and always being told that my personality was infectious. Mm. Uh, you know, you have those really lovely teachers at school and mm. they tell you something and you remember that. Mm. And and I remember my headmaster bringing me into the office in high school saying, look, I love all the amazing clothes you wear, but people, you know, really look up to you and they're following you and, you know, your personality is infectious. Uh, I need you to put some a uniform on. <laughs> What would you wear to school? Oh, I was a full hip, like it was the nineties, like hippies, <laughs> like just. And you know, it was funny because I was in year eight, and I would get the year eleven and twelve girls come up to me and go, "We love your clothes so much. Where that's, do you shop?" And that's that's gold. It like, is such high school goals, Oh right? yeah, and uh, you know, I always had a lot of older friends, and I think it was because mm. you know I always could put things together really well, and mm. I had that confidence to just dress the way that I wanted to, and and give that brightness up, and I. I don't know exactly where I want to take confidence is contagious. I think for me it's really evolved from that one tagline because, you know, I'm getting more and more interviews like mm. this. Hey, mm. what, what does confidence mean to you? What, mm. what is that? And I think my main, my main message here is to understand that confidence it's a buzzword right now Mm. let's not let's not get sucked into Mm. it you know um understand that courage is where it's at Mm. you know and your daily acts of courage your daily circuit Mm. breakers you know if you can really witness and understand what your courage looks like to you in your own personality and in your own home Mm. and in your own life then that's your foundation for confidence you know because what we do is we're like she's confident because she can wear you know she's confident because she can wear a pair of bathers you know i'm confident because i'll wear a pair of bathers in in the middle of Burke Street Mall. Mm. No, no, I, I have courage to put out a message to you guys, which then shows confidence. But it's the courage, you know, and courage can be, you know, crying, uh, you know, saying you need help. Courage is saying, hey, I, I want a new role in, in my job. Um, courage is saying, I want to be loved and mm. I want to find love or mm. I want to have a baby. That's, that's courageous. Mm. We need to really... Uh, make it simple and, and, yeah. and break it down. I think courageous for me at the moment. Look, and you are the real deal, babe. Like it's just <laughs> incredible that, that that breakdown of that. I couldn't put it But I I think courage to me at the moment just made me think about it. I think he's people able to say a dream or a want without knowing the outcome. Exactly. That takes such guts. You know, it's so interesting. I've got a friend going through a bit of a funny time in a relationship and. 
And I'm like, you're going to have to put out there what you want and not know what the answer is going to be back. And that to me, as she navigates that, I watch her and I'm like, go you, babe. Like, that's, she just takes so much guts to know that potentially it may or may not work out the way she wants, but she's just going to put herself forward. And I, I think those things that as they're preached to us on billboards and it's quite bigger. And when you say the word action, what does it look like in a, re, like in someone's life in action and to yeah. witness that in action alongside people that you see so vulnerable it's just the greatest and people gravitate towards yeah. it you know it, it's a magnet and and that that part is contagious that yeah, part is infectious yeah, yeah. you know when I wrote Logie's 2018 I was a mum working at Gorman and then part-time at a nail bar mm. now did I look stupid when I said that yeah I did mm. to a lot of people mm. did people think I was stupid yeah <laughs> but do you know what uh, so many more thousands of people were gravitated towards it, you know, and they, they didn't know who I was and it didn't matter because they were like, wow, she's got a dream and she's... And they didn't really understand what they were drawn to. Mm. But now as the message is becoming clear, they're drawn to that. It's the Mm. dream and the possibility that you can do anything you want to do as well. Are you a believer in, in energy? Like, do you know much yes. about energy work? Yeah, like a little bit. I used to do a lot of, um, I used to, yeah, I used to read up a lot about that and uh, go to a lot of, you know, those one day kind of courses. Yeah. And, and as a kid, Reiki my dad, and... my dad took me to like a meditation class every, um, right. you know, every Wednesday and we'd do full moon meditations. I was only like 12. Okay. Um, yeah. So yes, yeah, so I don't. Yeah, you're like a sister now. from way back. I was given Louise Hay at like 16. I'm yeah. like, what is this colourful homework yeah. book of lots of things to say to yourself? But yeah, okay, because it was interesting. I wanted to share with you. I was going to share at the end of the show, but I'm doing um, some heart meditations at the moment and it's all to wake up my womb. So just mm-hmm. to make sure I've got energy going in there. I think often when we have trauma or we are scared of something, we can switch parts, energy parts off mm. in our body, right? So I'm just making sure that there's some blood flowing through there and that we're awake here, even mm. though it's a scary time. Yeah. And this meditation instructs you to think of something where you feel love and you smile. And so in the past days, obviously my, my husband, I'm newly married, things are pretty juicy there. Um, and my friends and a dog that I love, that I passed away and this morning you came up oh wow (laughs) now I'm not saying that that's like an awful thing because it's obviously lovely I don't know you we've never met I only we only locked in this interview I think yesterday (laughs) so when I when it came up I went that's energy man that is because I'm a I'm a big believer in the fact that you know, as you say, it's contagious, but I think the the actual real depth behind contagious is energy. That when you put something out the way you do without looking for specific results or necessarily doing it to be famous or to um, get free tickets to this or to, you know, when you come from such a loving place with everything you do, it must radiate. And so for me to just come in with this, loving kind of smile across my body thinking about you is just means that there is an energetic force that you are on a high frequency dude like oh you my know. goodness that is so so special well firstly I'm really fertile so like hopefully oh, I, am. I am shockingly fertile so like so hoping maybe, that maybe oh that, that <laughs> so maybe drink from my cup as well before I go <laughs> that's um, incredible but um but also you know that that is really beautiful and I do um talk about that a lot to you know the Emmy Lou loves community because uh 
when I when I talk about something, whether it's you know my own mental health or someone else's, or or I just come out with a random message. Hey guys, I feel like you need to hear this today. Mm. The influxes of, of mm. DMs and messages that I get saying, "How do you know that that's what we need today?" And I'm like, mm. "I don't know. I just go with it." Mm. Um, I don't I don't talk about that side of things that I feel this yeah, innate yeah, connection yeah, with yeah. anyone. Uh, but for me, you know, that, <laughs> it's huge to hear that because I do believe that. I just yeah. don't talk about it a lot on on my socials and. Uh, yeah, so there's it, a spiritual, there's a spiritual side to you that you well, feel like is coming through. A hundred percent, and and yeah. it's not so much that you know we can even even if we took the spiritual out of it. For me, you know, I was in a meeting not too long ago, and I, and you know I, I do come out of these meetings sometimes sounding a little bit crazy, but I just said, look, I need you guys to understand something. I, I am one person to to fifty thousand you know followers on Instagram, and and that's amazing, and I'm so grateful for that. Congrats but, on but, that But too. don't don't underestimate. But for me, what's important. Uh, is that that 50,000 people are being heard through my platform. Mm. So, you know, and I talk about that a lot. Uh, yes, I love being the voice, you know, of, of to my community, mm. to my little community that I have. But what I'm trying to work out is how I can, you know, amplify their voice back mm. to everyone else because isn't that much stronger? 50,000 mm. voices, 50,000 mm. people and their thoughts and their energy and that's what I I'm trying to work it. How can how can I get that out more? Because that's that's way more special than 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 just one. Yeah, um, right. You know, and I think that that's one of the things. Uh, one of the very first. I can't even remember the very first interview back when I had like two thousand followers. Just mm. a, a flippant uh, question saying, you know, what would you do if you wanted something? Uh, what would you do dif- differently? I think if you wanted something that a thousand other people wanted, mm-hmm. uh, and I just, without even thinking, said, well, I would get those other thousand people, and we would go get it together. Mm. And you know, that's what it's about, and and yeah. that's you know, trying to trying to tell that to to brands and other people sometimes doesn't <laughs> translate, but at the same time, people are starting to understand it now. Yeah. That, that there's is, something different. Oh. So your online community has grown quite exponentially in the past year. Yeah. It's like doubled, right? Yeah. So this time last year, it was the Burke Street Mall baby yeah. shoot and I hadn't even hit, I think I hit 5,000 yeah, at right. this time last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it really has just you know growing and what I love is it's kind of word of mouth (laughs) you know old school word of mouth so people are having conversations that's what I was about to say right so obviously we've just spoken about how we both believe in energy and what you're putting out there you get back Mm -hmm. and that's definitely a big factor here I I really do believe that but then there's also this other logistical that the actual energy what is it doing in human life like how are actually people talking to each other or Mm -hmm. so you believe that it's someone like me that saw you at business chicks that said you've got to I've this is so unique. There's something pulling me to say to my mate, Erin, yeah. follow this chick. Yeah, so there's the, those types of conversations yeah. where you're like, oh, my God, there's this girl. She's really funny. She yeah. does really great recipes. That's yeah. amazing. Okay, right. And then there's also the conversations like, hey, I you know, am struggling today and I saw this chick and she was telling me that I should probably reach out and say something, so I just wanted to, you know, reach out to you. And then there's right. that conversation, which is super important. Yeah. Um, my, my name might not come out, like, yeah. in that conversation. Yeah. Uh, it might not come out for another two months. It may never come out at all. That's yeah. okay because yeah. those types of conversations is what we want to start more of, mm. you know. But then mm. also the, the at the coffee shop, hey, have you tried this recipe? It's really fantastic. And, you know, the more we delve into our phones – 
the more we yearn for human connection. Mm. And, and so for me, I love that I could be potentially a part of, of starting any type of conversation or any giving someone any type of confidence or courage to to get out there and, and share a recipe with your mother's group. That's not always an easy thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, because you feel a bit silly and you're like, what if they don't like it? Or, yeah. you know, like, and, yeah, and just yeah. to, but, oh, but I saw Amy Lou and she loved it and she cooked it live and her kids were around and Vita needed to go to the toilet and it looked really yummy. So, yeah. That gives them, they don't even realise it, but it gives them that little push to then go out and say it to their community. So, yeah, and I hate the word relatable, but it feels like every, they feel like they're the same, you know, that they can do what you're doing. Yeah, because we are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's true. It's true. Um, Okay, well, I feel like you've answered all my questions and I think (laughs) we've covered so much. But I suppose we've looked at the Logies, we we got to, like, you know, confidence is contagious you're at 50,000 followers these things are being ticked off right in front of our eyes and we're watching along with yeah. you what's what what's the dream what what is what's the aspiration for you it's, even though we do wake up you as you said every day and you you look at every day differently but yeah there's there's a vision right uh yeah and you know that the vision was to become a tv presenter you know like that that was always the vision it is still there but funnily enough it has changed so much mm. you know this time last year I would have given, you know, <laughs> anything to be on commercial television mm. and, you know, that that would be amazing. Uh, but right now my head is so full of all these amazing projects that I can actually do off my own merits yeah. uh, that feels so much more rewarding. So, like, the Confidence is Contagious conference, you know, I really want that to, to start to grow and, mm. and I want to get a team behind me with that because mm-hmm. that is just me on my own yeah. <laughs> producing loads, that, yeah. you know, sound checks, everything I need to... I need to get a team. And so that's where I've, I've almost stripped it back a little in these last few weeks and gone, right, I need an EA. Yeah. I need someone to help manage any type of brand partnerships, uh, mm. you know, with the TV show. Mm. I probably need to get a producer, um, yeah. you know, another producer in for for the television show as well. And, and then, you know, obviously I've got a book coming out in 2020. So there's now I'm sort of understanding what it's going to be like if I want to scale up mm. and what that needs to look like. And... Uh, I never in a million years thought that me chasing my dream would be so damn inspiring for everybody else. Mm. And so that, that goal, you know, the, the goalposts have changed for me uh, yeah. because the inspirational stuff uh, feels so bloody good, yeah. you know, and it's helping so many more people in, yeah. in whatever they want to do. So uh, now that's coming into it. And, and, you know, the TV presenting, I'm sure it'll happen, and yeah. I am a TV presenter, so it doesn't actually matter anymore. Yeah. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. So, so many, so many things. But I think it's more about... Um, understanding the foundation I need now. Mm. So saying, right, all of these are in motions, you've done a great job, but how are you going to sustain this? Mm. How am I going to sustain answering 300 DMs on Instagram mm. daily back? Mm. Mm-mm. How am I going to be? And you want to yeah. do that? I do yeah. want to do it. Yeah. So yeah. that actually means a lot turn to me. Them off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. that'll never yeah. get turned off. Yeah. So how how can we? How can we? How can I get a team in to help me produce all of these other projects mm. um, while I still s- remain really connected with my community? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's really exciting. <laughs> it is. Um, and I feel like the, the lesson I took from what you just shared then as well is to be open with what changes as you're doing it. You know, yeah. you've completely become flexible with what's presented itself in the process. Yeah. I'm probably needing to get a bit better at that. I resist it a little bit. And I think you drop the resistance and there's so much that then can kind of slap you in the face of goodness on the way. Yeah. So I think that's a really It's nice listening lesson. to what that 90% is telling yeah. you. 
you yeah. because that 90% is, you know, drives you in so many different ways. And then you, you see this skill set that you didn't even realize you had. Yeah. Because you see all the stuff you do 90% of the day. And also what people want, right? Yeah. And what you're offering, they might want something very different to what you thought they wanted. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So at the end of each podcast, I want everybody to walk away with a new, a new tool for their toolkit. So essentially they've got their own belt or they might have a cute little thing in the cupboard. I don't care where you keep your toolkit. But from this show, I want someone to walk away and go, okay, I've got that tool and I'm going to put it in there and that's from Emmy Lou. So what's something that you could share with the listeners of this show to say, all right, if you've got a tool from me, I I want you to take this with you. Oof, that is a tricky one. Uh, Jesus. (laughs) You can take some time. Okay, if I had to give you one tool to walk away with, uh, it would be, I don't want to say listening to yourself because I think that that can be so hard to do. Um, I I would really want you to walk away uh, with more of an open mind on what courage looks like to you in your daily life. Okay, if you could just walk away with having a greater understanding of courage. And if you don't have that right now, have a look and start to break it down. Courage comes in many forms. And like I say, it can be a bold lip. It can be saying, you know, being vocal about your dreams. But if you can walk away with a really strong understanding of what your personal acts of courage are, oh, mate, you are on fire. You are unstoppable. Mm. That's lovely. And you can start small because that yeah. small isn't necessarily small. Even if you believe it is, it could yeah. be the biggest thing that gets you on the right road, right? Exactly. Oh, Emmy Lou, it was everything <laughs> I thought it would be. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. <laughs> hope you guys love that chat as much as I did. I was left feeling pretty inspired and pretty safe and 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 warm and it was it was just everything that I I hoped it to be. So if you did like it, go and have go and have a bit of a um have some time on Emmy Lou's socials. You can find her at emmylouloves.com.au, which is her website. She also has an awesome uh, store on there where she sells different uh, clothes and sunglasses and all different kinds of bits and bobs that she is growing um, and go and support her with that. Uh, you can check her out on her Instagram, of course, which is what where I think a lot of people are living and watching Emmy. Um, and make sure you let her know that you heard her here. Let her know that you loved the show and that you loved our chat and that you'd like us to do more together. I think there's something there. I think there's a really nice synergy. I like to do a lot of the wellness stuff and a lot of the stuff about feeling good about yourself without the eye roll, without the, I don't know, the the language that you don't feel related, you'd be able to relate to. And I think Emmy is a bit the same. So there's a real synergy there. And, um, and yeah, I just had such a great chat with her. So I hope you enjoyed it too. If you did like the episode and you are enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating or review. It helps at this point of the game. It helps us keep us in the charts. Not that it's really something that I suppose we um, are driving, you know, we're doing our content and driving for, but at the same time, there is a little bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a punch in me that wants to pull this this wellness conversation out to people that might be skeptical to it. And that means that we all need to take a part in making sure that people are hearing content and hearing things that could potentially improve themselves 
uh, to everybody, like spreading the love to everybody. So good spreads good, right? Love spreads love. And I think it's a really nice thing. Potentially you've introduced it to friends that you know would like it, but maybe there's an idea to introduce it to someone that may like it, but not necessarily usually go down this road. So that would be awesome too. And like I said, for those of you that are contacting me, social media and sharing each episode um, is the greatest gift you can give me at the moment. So I've seen so many of you share it on stories and let me know. Make sure you tag the person that I've interviewed if it's an interview in there as well to give them some love uh, and just continue to share what you're already sharing to me but to everybody else because I think that is the way that I want to grow this really organically and authentically and I really appreciate those of you that are already doing it. So that's the way you can help. Next week is a new week. Uh, I hope you enjoy this week's self-centered Sunday and I will see you guys very soon. Bijou Podcasts, the home of taboo conversations. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.